My Michelle Live invites you to The Producers After Party. What happens after the interview? Let's party with Lisa J. Are you ready to party? Party, party, party. Welcome to The After Party with Lisa J. I thought it would be fun if I could give the listeners a behind-the-scenes look at the conversations Michelle has with the guests when the interview is done. Guests seem to say things they normally wouldn't say during an interview, and it gives you a better understanding of who they are and what they like and they don't like. And that goes with food, how they celebrate Christmas, what they're doing in their lives. So I thought this would be fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. So the first two after-party clips I'm going to play for you all have to do with food. Pizza, pizza. That's right. The first one is all about pizza. One of my favorite foods is cold pizza for breakfast in the morning. I think it is better than eggs and bacon and hash browns and all the things that most people love. If you throw me a cold pizza, it'll be devoured in a minute. I love it. And my favorite kind of pizza, call me crazy, call me gross, jalapeno, feta cheese, pineapple, Philly steak, and hot sauce. Mm -mm, It is so tasty. Give it a try if you like spicy foods because it is pretty good. Now, this is some of the stuff that Michelle and Billy Holloway actually went through together after the interview was done. He was talking about pizza, and you can tell, just like me, he is very passionate about his pizza. So take a listen to this. You said you have pizza night like almost every Friday. What kind of pizza do you guys get? You know, we try to switch it up. We're pretty, we do pretty basic pizza, though. It's either cheese or pepperoni because the kids are a little picky. Um, sometimes we do sausage on it. But other than that, we try to, because you know, you know how kids get. It's like, we don't want, we don't want that. And so we, half the time, okay. it's cheese. But. <laughs> okay, so if it were just you and your wife and you were just having pizza night alone, what kind of pizza would you guys get? I mean, when you're like, okay, let's just put away the the simple stuff. Let's just go crazy. What would you guys get? Oh, my gosh. You know, I would, I'd have to do like a meat lovers. And I know it's the worst for you, but it's so good. Just all the different types. <laughs> <laughs> like pizza, the pizza is the paragon of health anyway. So if you're going to go, go well, big exactly. or go home, right? You might as well just do it, right? If you've already gone 90% of the way there, you might as well just throw all the different meat on it. But that would be, that would be my pizza of choice. What about you? What would yours be? I kind of like a barbecue chicken pizza. I think that's just Ooh. outstanding, you know, barbecue. And I, I, you know, we do that. We just get one of those Costco chickens and you could make like five meals out of that darn thing. And just barbecue sauce on a pizza crust, uh, putting on the chicken, a lot of cheese. I like red onions. Boom, you're done. I love it. Buffalo love it, love chicken it. is another good buffalo chicken pizza. I don't know if you've had Ooh, that. Ooh, no, I haven't. Very good. There's a little blue cheese on it. And yeah, it's very, again, very healthy or not, but very good. <laughs> okay, so just asking a question from New York, New York, Chicago style, what kind of pizza is the pizza? You know what? I am. I am, I always laugh because people they love New York pizza. Everybody goes on about it, and I am a pizza fiend. I love pizza. So if I could pick one meal wherever I go, 
it's pizza. And so I think yeah, New yeah. York pizza is good, but I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble. I find New York pizza to be a little greasier greasy. than a lot it's of greasy. other pizza. Yes. It is. And so I almost prefer, I grew up in Rochester, New York, uh, where, you know, buffalo wings and, you know, all of that sort of yeah. came from. And, you know, I, I don't know. I prefer to kind of go for pizza that's a little more deep dish and a little less greasy, which I know, again, ah. makes me a weird New Yorker. It, it does, but it, it sounds like they, they keep you anyway, so that works. You see how we they can do. all just get along, even though we disagree on something as important as pizza? This is how America should be. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the Popeye's chicken sandwich craze. People were literally getting murdered over trying to get that sandwich, which, of course, is absolutely ridiculous. But... People were waiting hours and hours in line. They ran out of the sandwich. It was nuts. I didn't get the sandwich right away because I wasn't willing to wait in line for hours. But a couple months after they had restocked the chicken sandwich, I drove by a Popeye's and I saw there was no line. And I said, okay, I have to try one of these sandwiches. It has to be to die for. Well, I had it. It was good. But I wouldn't say... It was as good as it had been hyped up to be. Now, after listening to the after party with Michelle and Adam Holtz, I have to try an In-N-Out burger because that's what he was telling her was they had gotten an In-N-Out burger in Colorado Springs. So take a listen to this conversation. So In-N-Out burger just came here and I just had a friend of mine who is a very good friend brought our family In-N-Out burger for lunch. So it feels like a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Get out. In and out burgers, we don't yeah. have those up here. No, I mean, it's mostly a California thing, but apparently some of the owners of the company live here in Colorado Springs. And so they're like, hey, we're going to do it here. And so there's Get now one in Denver out. and one in Colorado Springs. But when they opened the Denver store like two weeks ago, 14 hour wait. Oh my like, gosh. It, it, it <laughs> snarled the traffic like in the entire region of the city where the store is. Oh my gosh. People are crazy. Here's the big People thing if you are in Seattle, uh, you have to have a Dick's burger. And they're not really yeah. like spectacular. I think they're a good burger. And they're, 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 we love them up here and we love their fries. But that, if you come up here, do not use an umbrella and eat a Dick's burger, you're practically local. So that's well, a Seattle inside track. The guy that I told you about earlier that I worked for, he was friends with, not friends with, but like in a life group covenant relationship with Chris Canlis, who owned Canlis's restaurant, oh. which I think is closed now. I mean, it was a high-end Seattle restaurant. The Canlis. No, you know, I don't know if they're closed, but during the pandemic, they were one of the ones that had were the first to do curbside service with salads and oh, even okay. burgers. They were really, so I haven't checked, uh, but yeah, that's a pretty high-end restaurant, even a little too high-end for me, because as much as I like a really nice outing with my loved ones, yeah. I, I, you know, it's it's a little froofy. I'm, I'm just not froofy girl. Yeah. Well, my sense was it it was definitely one of the high-end restaurants up in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Do I, I, I don't strike you as a froofy person, do I? No, no. 
Not oh, at good. all. Good. Yeah, because I think I'd rather just have like a really good steak, red meat. You know, that works for me. Yeah. Like, and I'll go, I'll go high end like a Chateau Briand. That's that's like uh-huh. high end for me. But yeah, I, I guess I'm not froofy. So go enjoy your burger before it gets cold, man. Now we have to get an In-N-Out burger in Seattle. Does anyone know how we can make that happen? Because I am up for some ideas. All right. So for our last and final audio clip, Michelle is talking to Rabbi Yitzhak Alderstein about Hanukkah and how many Christians don't really understand what it is. And they think they do things completely different than other people. But in reality... There's a lot of similarities between Christians and even non-religious people and how they celebrate and how Jewish people celebrate. So I found this really interesting and I hope you do too. So here is Michelle Mendoza talking to Rabbi Yitzhak Alderstein. Rabbi, can I ask you how you celebrate Hanukkah? Yeah, sure. First thing you have to realize is that like Christmas, Hanukkah has been totally misrepresented both by non-Jews and by Jews. For Jews who are not fully observant, practicing Jews, Hanukkah is the Jewish Christmas. So whatever it is that that Christians do, especially non-religious Christians, uh, Jews do. So it's all about shopping and buying gifts and uh, making sure that your children don't feel that they're second-class citizens because all of their Christian friends are waiting to Santa. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, like the only one who comes to the door is somebody from Jerusalem asking for charity funds. It's not <laughs> even a second, second best for Santa. So you're trying to make... You guys need to step it up a little like bit. You got to step it up a little bit. <laughs> but in observant families, it's just not an issue. Nobody, nobody's looking over their shoulders to see what anybody else is doing. We have a very, very rich faith that's full of meaning and observance yeah. 365 days a year. So what is Hanukkah like? It's not like, not like Passover and, and Tabernacles and, uh, and Pentecost, where you have uh, a week or at least a day or two in which there are no phones and then no, uh, no uh, cars and, and 39 kinds of forbidden work, like every Sabbath, it, people go to work and uh, free access to, to, to everything. Um, but the main thing is that around sundown every day, or about 25 minutes after sundown, we light, uh, most of us use oil, and like, like the original miracle and not candles. And uh, in Israel, uh, it's observed uh, by by very observant people, by lighting outdoors near the entrance of the house rather than indoors, which was the uh, the original way it was practiced in the times of the Talmud, and that's what I'll be doing: setting up a little bit of a stand uh, near my front uh, front gate and putting uh, a menorah inside a box to protect it from wind, and each day lighting. For tonight, one light. Uh, tomorrow, two lights. Saturday night, three lights until the final day when we light eight lights. Now, it happens to be a time that's very centered on the children because this was a time of rededication of the temple. The word for dedication is chinuch. It happens to be the same word for education. And we recognize that part of the idea of sanctifying the temple of the future is sanctifying our kids' lives. So it is kid-intensive. 
uh, that's that's certainly not the primary observance of it, but it, it really takes up much more time. You visit with the kids and with the grandchildren, spend some time with them, play the dreidel, the famous Hanukkah top. Uh, and the special foods all having to do with oil. It's not a Weight Watchers holiday. <laughs> you have potato latkes with lots of oil. You have, uh, in preparation for it, I've already eaten three donuts. There's an incredible number of donuts. Why donuts? <laughs> because they're fried in oil. Don't speak to your cardiologist until after Hanukkah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and that's it. That's it. And of course, around the table, there'll be discussion about the Hanukkah and its meaning and uh, come up with a, another few answers to the question of why eight days instead of one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, that's it for your after party with Lisa J. I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll have more to come next week. And if you're feeling brave or just a little bit crazy like I am, try my pizza. It's jalapeno, pineapple, Philly cheese steak, feta cheese with hot sauce on the top. And let us know what you think. It might be surprisingly amazing or it might be disgusting. Email Michelle and let us know. And you've been listening to The After Party with Lisa J. My Michelle Live invites you to 